0: Come up with a couple of topics that you have an opinion on and then think to yourself, okay, well, how can I disseminate my opinions best? So that's where it kind of becomes a hub and from that hub you have different spokes. So you have blog, you have white paper, you have ebook, comments in newspapers and on radio, etc. cetera. You are listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks. The podcast to run and grow your firm.
1: Welcome to episode 240 of Tech Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. You already heard Melissa Donnelly in the last episode about content marketing. Let's go deeper and look at how to deliver your content and apologies for the background noises we are sitting on a very wobbly table and it sounds like we're having lots of cups of tea great content and how
0: to deliver it exactly and how to make money from it hopefully there's a lot of different avenues you can take it's about thinking about the investment you're making the return you want on it who you're getting to when you're getting to them and just making sure that that investment is right and you're getting reports and if you're not getting reports and you're not getting results don't keep doing it people can get caught up in the mystery of the algorithms and the numbers and all the rest of it and again good content's good content
1: we have spoke a lot about online marketing i know you yeah. briefly touched on traditional marketing mm. hasn't especially for radio hasn't the costs come down a lot for
0: for radio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Radio is really, really targeted. And I just so.
1: remember now that just the brain comes to mind, shoebox accounting, they did some radio ads. I don't know how far they went, but I know they covered the eastern suburbs of Sydney.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: I can imagine it wouldn't have cost so much.
0: No, radio, radio can be really cost effective. Again, you've got to think about your target and know it. So you've got to go, yep, yeah, I'm targeting the eastern suburbs. I'm targeting, you know, men 25 to 35. Yeah. You know, you've just got to think about your target market with radio.
1: And I can imagine, you know, shoebox accounting there after the tradies will just throw all their yeah, receipts Triple shoe shoebox.
0: You'd advertise triple M in a heartbeat, you know. So to actually cut a radio script, so if you can write your script or you can even pay the station, we'll do it for you and they'll do a voiceover. So the production cost of that, that ad is not that high so you can get a radio ad done for a couple hundred bucks you know so yeah so radio can be really cost effective you've just got to think about what's the call to action and is it simple because there's no point going and please contact us on au forward slash you've lost them so you've got to have a really so we'll again try and pick up kind of cool domains so workforus.com.au. I mean, that's not one of mine, but you know, we'll find something like that that for radio works really well. And the other one, which I'm really interested to see more of is Spotify because Spotify you can buy by playlist. So you can go, again, if you're targeting, say tradies to be very stereotypical here, sorry, any tradies out there, if you're offended, but you can go and buy AusRock, Playlists, And so you can name exactly the type of music that you think your audience is going to listen to. And you can send in your script. They will record. So you can nominate, I want a young male voice over on my script. And they will do the script for you. And then you can pick your budget. So you can pick how many times you want your ads served. And it will give you, it's kind of like boosting on social media. It gives you kind of a budget to work to. And then you submit the ad. So Embryonic, I haven't, we're in the process of actually doing a Spotify campaign at the minute. So we haven't actually seen the results. But again, the upside of Spotify, maybe the advantage over radio potentially is that you've got the tile on Spotify. So if you think about like a social media tile, your little square image. So you can actually put a click through on that so you can have a link. So if somebody's listening to Spotify but looking on their screen, they can click through on your tile and go straight to your recruitment page or straight to your offer page for your SMSF advisory services or whatever it is. And
1: coming back to content marketing, one strategy would be to try to get content marketing onto a radio station. So, for example, being invited as the expert on a classical radio station to talk about SMSF or Super or to be invited mm. into a more lively radio station to talk about GST and taxation of businesses mm. or tax issues for business or something like that. Yeah, so to not just have pure ads but to actually have content on there.
0: Well, and that's also that's not strictly content marketing because content marketing is where you're – Paying for distribution of your content or you're targeting your content. So that's that would more sit within the public relations field in that you're trying to generate editorial. So you might, yes, try and get a commentary spot on ABC radio. You know, if there's a particular issue, or you'll see ABC runs different panels on some of their programs. So you might try and get a spot on there. Where the content comes to the is that you can build your profile via the content that you're generating and promoting and posting. And you see a lot of people doing it. They're using LinkedIn to build their profile. They'll do keynote speeches to build their profile, to then be talent that the radio stations, newspapers, whatever want to see. So that's a tough space, especially for smaller businesses, but you define what makes you unique you define what you stand for and be provocative. And then you start to build that profile through content, those sort of things you can go after, you know, and there's a platform called Sourcebottle. That's one way of getting editorial. Yeah, they are actually, and I I hadn't used them for a while, but it's it's one way of getting editorial because that's where the journalists are, are often posting. And again, they they're not hard news, but you know, for softer news, commentary type pieces. So yeah, so they are still yeah. Around. And yeah. so to
1: just quickly say what source bottle is about is, I think you can register yourself as a specialist about certain topics, and then the media can get your details to interview you about
0: certain topics? Journalists would go and post. It's kind of like crowdsourcing for comment. So journalists would post up, I'm writing a piece on blah, blah. I'm looking for accountants who are specialists in taxation as it applies to single owner home businesses, you know, so Soho's. And then you could then basically put in a submission and say, hey, I happen to be that person and this is what I think about blah, blah, blah. And then then they they might quote you. Yeah, yeah. So I've used it for my business. And did you get quoted? Yeah, I had a few. I had a few pieces. You'd hope. I used to be in public relations. You'd hope I'd get a couple. Yeah, I haven't used it more recently. Just sort of hasn't fitted the brief for a lot of mm. clients and stuff. So that that's one avenue. I think it just comes back to thinking about if we're talking about the ABCs of content and how that can drive business. You know, it's thinking what what is that content going to achieve either for me to build my profile or for the business, and at what stage in the decision making funnel am I putting it up? And what do I want that person to do with the content when I do put it up.
1: Possible ways to create content for content marketing Mm. is blog posts, podcasts, videos. Yeah, those are probably the main three.
0: Speaking. So if you're speaking, Ah, you've got a keynote speech. Yeah. So I often say to people, try and create a little like a little mini model that's around a point of view. So come up with a couple of topics that you have an opinion on.
1: An opinion or a particularly good insight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So again, it might be around integrity and small business accounts. So how do you push back when clients are trying to push you in terms of what should be allowed and what can we get away with and what's the tax office saying? So build some IP around that particular topic and then think to yourself, okay, well, how can I disseminate my opinions best? So that's where it kind of becomes a hub and from that hub you have different spokes. So you have blog, you have white paper, you have ebook, you have comments in newspapers and, and on radio, et cetera. You Public have speaking. keynote speeches, you have your own events that you're doing, you could do a, you know, I call it from the desk of. You could do an email out to some of your key clients and things saying, hey, listen, I've been observing this. You can have a newsletter that you send out. So if you think about that single piece of IP that becomes a single piece of content, this is where you go, I'm going to repurpose it, I'm going to reuse it, and I'm going to recycle it, and I'm going to cut it different ways. So I say it's like skews in a a store. You know, you're not just looking at one T-shirt. You're looking at the pink, the blue, the purple, the orange, the long sleeve, the short sleeve, but at the end of the day, it's all a T-shirt. It's exactly the same way to think about it.
1: You just mentioned newsletters. Mm. Are newsletters something of the 90s?
0: Ah, interesting oh, who one. Who
1: also reads newsletters?
0: Yeah. Well, I've got the evidence that people do from our clients because we, we measure the response. And for access, for instance, we've been running access all areas now for since 2014 and it still goes out every six what's weeks. We've open, reformatted it. What's the open um, rate? The email itself can be anywhere up to 40% open rate and that's a large Very database, high. yeah, and we get well above industry opens, we get well above industry click-throughs. We have reimagined it, we have re- rethought the format, we've tightened it up. So you don't it call it a newsletter? We don't call it a newsletter. We're extremely prescriptive in how it gets sent out. We have very strong guidelines around imagery to be used, the style of headline to be used, the quality of the content. We can do anywhere up to 10 or 11 drafts. So again, subject matter experts create the content. My job really in that one is about editing and, and facilitating and thinking about context but they are so tight on the quality of the content that goes out and I know that newsletter has effect. Now, does it mean I'm getting calls in for new, with new clients? No, there's no direct response in that regard, but we know there's engagement and we know, again, it's a vehicle to get key information across. It's useful, but we don't treat it as a single thing. So we don't just rely on that particularly if it's really important. I mean, there's been, we did a rollout last, end of last year about the um, foreign beneficiaries, exclusions, changes that were coming through in New South Wales. So that was, you know, several emails out to clients to alert them to the fact, alert them to the December 31 deadline, et cetera, et cetera. That's still rolling on. So again, in the next Access All Areas, there will be some reference to that information. So we use it as part of our overall communications mix. The data, every time I run any client insights for any company that I'm working with, there's a question I always include, and that is, where do you source the information most valuable to you in your role? And we put a list of things newsletters, white papers, word of mouth is one of them, always comes at number one. So people use other people to get information that makes sense. Trade news, magazines, et cetera, so, so trade publications, your mining monthlies, all that sort of thing, down the list. Relevant information from a particular company people do read. So I think there's a lot of bad newsletters out there. I think there are a lot where they look like a template. You're ticking the box. You're sending it out every four weeks. There's no calls to action. There's a whole reasons they don't work. But I think if you've nailed it, if you've got a great style, if you've got good cut through with your headlines and all the things that make good content good, you'll get some readership. My personal accountant now is brilliant. He has a really great style. He's headline master. And I actually, he's the first account I've ever had. I actually do read some of his stuff because I go, oh, oh, yeah. is he reminding me of something that I didn't know about? Oh, gosh. So, and hes he gets them out regularly. He gets them out at a good time of day. So we've even measured, particularly with Axis, we know what times of day we're going to get our best readership. So when, when is the
1: best time of them, the day? For them, we
0: send them out late in the day and
1: so what is late 5 p.m 9 p.m it depends
0: because we're rolling out through a fairly large database you need to start earlier to get the late attraction but no it's sort of late late in the business day so 3
1: p.m 4 p.m
0: yeah somewhere around there and you're getting people who are either just checking in before they sign off then it's often top of the inbox in the morning. And that's what you're looking for. I know a lot of organizations send on Sundays. And in fact, we used to do that in the old days in PR. We would send media releases sometimes on a Sunday because we knew then it might be on the desk on a Monday morning. People are looking for stuff. There's probably journalists out there who'll disagree, but you know we used to get fairly good results. So there's different things for different companies. I know for mining industry stuff, we've found with surveys and comms that towards the end of the week, which is Sometimes towards end of shift, late in the day works and you've only got to sit on a plane. You'll see the guys all pulling out their phones and their iPads and everything. So yeah, so newsletters are not dead, but you can't think about them in the traditional style of a newsletter. The access one is one article with then a spotlight section which has got some alerts on it. But we measure it ruthlessly. If that thing takes a one-month, like a one-issue downturn and then we see anything other than an uptick the next one, we start to relook at it. So we don't sit for months and months going, oh, well, hardly anyone's reading the newsletter. It gets measured to within an inch of its life. I know exactly what that thing is doing, not doing, how effective it is. So
1: the first one is what is your accountant's name? I would love to have a look at his newsletter.
0: Oh, it's Nathan Watts, and his business is Watson and Watt i yeah I, lo- I love them they're really quirky so yeah he's he's a smart he's a one-man he's, he's a smart operator nathan and he's come out of a larger firm i think he's taken the best of it and brought it into his business he much agree but
1: second mm. comment you mentioned something very important and that is content marketing has a long funnel so it's not that you post your first newsletter or even if you call it something else mm. you post your first blog post and suddenly the phone starts ringing Content marketing is not not just a marathon. It's an ultra, ultra marathon that it can take years. It can take years to...
0: As is the sales, can the sales cycle in this game. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And I've had this conversation very recently with several people, and it's the old advertising adage. You're looking at reach and you're looking at frequency. So you're looking at the size of that database and the targeting of it and you're looking at frequency. So you're finding the balance between bombarding people but then talking to them consistently and with a consistent message and you've got to say it again and again and again because, you know, as so I say to people, the prospect or client is not sitting there going, oh, I'm just waiting to hear something from such and such today about tax. They're not. They've got a million other things. So you've got to get, and this is the the luck bit in a way, you've got to get your message to them at almost the exact moment that that potential issue is top of mind for them. So if you're relying on doing it once, you'll never succeed. So you've got to do it again. And it's like in sales, right? You're never going to get the sale on the first call, the second call, the third call, the fourth call. You may get it on the fifth call. And it's the same with that's the bit of communication that is long-term, it's somewhat administrative because you've just got to put the process in place and keep working it and working it. And you you develop the content, you post the content, you evaluate the content, rinse and repeat, and you just, you keep peppering away without spamming. That's the trick. So there are frequencies that again, the industry is saying are probably best practice in terms of how often you post, how often you send out your newsletters, where you're going to get your best results without tipping over into that space that is spam. And that's where automated marketing, so where you're, so you've got your content marketing, but then you've got the remarketing, right? So where somebody's had information from, you asked for an ebook and then you go, right, we're going to send you a follow-up email and then we're going to send you another follow-up email and then we're going to send you another follow-up email and that can get dangerous because that's where you can start to overload people and they get they get fatigued and they don't want to know and they unsubscribe, lost cause. They've gone. You know, you're gonna to struggle to get them back ever. Because they've got to opt in for that relationship with you again. So it's like, you know, any relationship, you just gotta respect people's boundaries and but also keep that message, you know, that lovely, simple, clear message, consistently out. And that's where you'll get you'll get that sort of The power of it—it works over time. It's a building process. So, my ideal, favourite clients—the ones that I love—are the ones who are in it for the long term. They commitment up, up front and they don't necessarily have us still involved in the mix. There's plenty where you know we've helped them set up the infrastructure, and now they're running it, which is fantastic. But they're in it for the long haul. They, you know, keep going back. just a a few tips and then I've I've just tried to keep them short at the end. The biggest thing with content is it's got to cut through and it's got to be ultimately about driving business at some level, whether it's long-term or or short-term. So a couple of the things are, if it's bad content, forget it. So if it's poor quality, it's going to waste your time. And even worse, it's insulting to the person at the other end who's making time to read it and it's, and it's no good. Relevance is, is critical. The insights that we've done with companies in all industries is that if it's not relevant to me, it's a it's of no value. Don't just retweet or repost. If you're not adding value on the way through, think about why you're doing it. So this is not always, I know you know I'm a, a retweeter from way back, but so really you're talking about Twitter. Well, posting on LinkedIn. So if somebody's written a great piece of content and you like it and it's relevant for your network, fantastic, repost it. We all want that. But add something, put some value in, or if you're posting an article, Put some value in put some commentary on it it might be two sentences but it just means that you're sharing some of your intellect and your insights with your audience which again makes it more relevant to them more compelling for them
1: that's a good point because if you just retweet without a comment it just feels like spam
0: it's exactly why exactly yeah why this? i don't, what am i meant to do with yeah this? exactly would you just throw this as a conversation like again if you think about it, this is all a dinner table conversation would you just sit there and say yeah what he said no so yeah just, just think about that and this is in no particular order measure evaluate reconfigure constantly so we've got the platforms now it's free you don't need to pay to have to analyze your content so google analytics free linkedin analytics free facebook analytics free instagram analytics free so you know we put together for one particular client a performance report every month we are using entirely free programs to do that and
1: the entirely free programs are for paid ads or just for No, no, this
0: is for any content so I can Mm -hmm. tell you for any of my clients particularly where we're running social media I can tell you where you know what what the demographics of the audience are where they live I don't mean which street they live in but are they you know which cities they're living in I can say which of the social media platforms is referring most traffic through to our website. So it's basic stuff, content leaderboards. Anyone who knows me knows I will talk constantly about these.
1: What is a content
0: leaderboard? Yeah, so if you think about any golf tournament, right, you've got your leaderboard. So the players that are performing the best and the players that aren't performing too well, we use content leaderboards in exactly the same way. So I will look at over the month, what content has performed best. Then we will look over the quarter at what content's performed best So we can then sit down and say, hey, listen, we know for this particular client, you know, with access, I can tell you what content performs best in their newsletter in terms of what people are clicking through and then what they're actually reading Mm -hmm. and how long they're reading it.
1: So content leaderboards, it's really about yeah. review. It means don't just put your content out there and then let it no, sit. No, look and see. Review it and meaning look at your content leaderboards, look at what content is yeah. selling.
0: Yeah, what, what people are viewing, what they're engaging with, what they're reposting, what they're retweeting. Look at when you post. So again, this idea of reuse, recycle, repurpose your content. So if you've written something for a newsletter, either run it as a post on LinkedIn by the author or split it into various components so you're getting three pieces for the price of one and then go how many people looked at that post? How many people engaged with that post? How many people reposted? You've got all that information at your fingertips. Use it. We literally publish leaderboards and your leaderboards will perform differently on Instagram than they will perform on Facebook.
1: And when you say you publish leaderboards, you mean you make them available to the uh, the decision makers? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, to the clients, sorry. So, you know, so they're transparent, can create some healthy competition. If you've got three or four subject matter experts on the team and you're asking all of them to give you a bit of time to write content and it's a competitive environment, which a lot of professional services firms are, then, you know, we'll be like, well, you know, such and such got a thousand views of their LinkedIn post. I wonder what we need to do with yours to get there. So it's a good way of just keeping it healthy, keeping the conversation invigorated and healthy and active because Mm -hmm. content planning is one thing. You just sit down and look at what your content map's going to look like for the next 12 months. But once you're at month eight, it can get really hard to get excited about it sometimes, particularly if it's fairly dry technical content. So things like that, where you're constantly evaluating and checking your performance just keeps everybody on their, on their toes. That is really nice I think into about the planning of it. It's the biggest sticky point for everybody. I don't have time to write content and you go, okay, schedule in 15 minutes a week to check LinkedIn. People don't. So I have got no recipe that is 100% guaranteed for success. But what we do find most effective is firstly to identify your subject matter expert or experts. Hopefully you've got more than one look at from them what looks to be a reasonable frequency so again they're going to develop with you the main bits of content that you'll then cut up and use in different ways and so
1: if it's you let's imagine it's it's just one One man man band yeah so then it basically means brainstorm brainstorm the questions that your clients ask you
0: exactly yeah what's the and in the accounting world because there is so much brilliant technical information that clients need It wouldn't take much. I mean, I've got literally in my office, I have a whole wall of, and it's post-its around particular areas of interest or IP. And as I think of things, I add the sub content and things in and they are just post-it notes. And then I sit down and go, right, I am going to post content about that this week because that's on my mind. So if you think about it and say, listen, I really only need to come up probably with 10 biggish pieces. And then I'm going to do some form of formal communication to my audience every six weeks to my clients and things. So that's one every six weeks. That one article or two articles, I'm then going to repost on LinkedIn and I need to do that minimum weekly. There are people now saying LinkedIn should be daily. That can be a big ask. But if the lead generation's in and there's a lot of evidence to show it is, it can be really effective too. So... But if you think about all of your social media, you might, in this space, because you are talking to consumers, you could be using Facebook and Instagram is having more and more influence at a business level. So you could say, I'm going to be posting LinkedIn on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I I might do Instagram on a Tuesday, Thursday. You might just do three posts a week across all of them. But you're really not developing. If you just go, I've just got to come up with 10 significant pieces for the year with a bit of flexibility for last minute stuff. Then it doesn't seem quite so insurmountable and then you go, I'm going to one day a month just spend an hour writing and getting some good content together or I'm going to look at all the email inquiries that I've had that I've responded to over the month and say, oh, actually, there's content in there. I just need to cut and paste it and tidy it up. Mm -hmm. So it's really about planning it at the start and then scheduling it in and sticking to that schedule.
1: And And probably also choose the medium that works for you. So if you're not a writer, you love talking, then leave the writing to others Mm. and do the talking. Go to events. Be a keynote speaker. If video is your thing do video if Mm. audio is your thing do audio
0: yeah and you've got great platforms for stuff like loom fantastic little video platform and you've got your screen there so you can show things off and you know you're just in the corner you can show yourself or again if you're not comfortable with your own mug being on camera you don't have to be there and you can just talk to a screen or talk to an article or or whatever you want to do. So yes, you're absolutely right. Find the medium that you're most comfortable with, that your voice is authentic in. And it goes back to work out what you stand for, what you think is important and what you think is important to your clients or the people that are doing business with you. And then always call to action. Always call to action. I can't stress that enough. And that might be contact details, a question for people to respond to a link to a white paper, a link to a previous article you've written. If we want to drag people in through websites, we will often link them back to resources out of archives or that's older and you'll see the page time increase. So you'll see people's reading time will go up anywhere up to sort of from three minutes on an article. They might suddenly be six minutes on your site. That's all good stuff. They're sticking with you, giving you their eyeballs for a period of time. It's great real estate. And obviously the other thing is, that you know, where you can link to a specific offer, even better, even better. So the other key or two things, one is your headline, pick a style, pick a style of headline. So, and again, this will tie back to your brand personality. If your brand personality is quite provocative, a little bit disrespectful, a bit cheeky, come up with headlines that suit that. I wish there was a pill for great headlines because I would take it. It's I find it challenging to do. There are certain methods to it that work. You know, if you've got a number, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk has um, won something about. He's got three point nine million followers too, so his headlines work. Eighty six pieces of insanity. Who's not going to read something that says eighty six pieces of insanity? So he he writes quite. They're prescriptive, but they're, again, they're that, that Vanachuk kind of style. Another guy, Gary Burt Whistle, sends out, again, a newsletter. I've been getting his newsletter and reading it now, I think, for five years, six years. Comes out every week on a Thursday, I think. People with Googliness. Of course, I'm going to read that. It's another one. Boardroom, tables, kill creativity. Of course, I'm going to read that. In my space, that's of interest. So Headlines are really, really critical. Thinking about the length of them. So if you're going to run your headline in the subject of your email, you want to keep it short because people look at stuff in preview and it kills kills the best headline. I use subheads as well. So we ran one recently with Access and we were talking about automatic removal of automatic removal with a question mark. So that's like a, a what, a what? Yes, and then I remember
1: this, that. I read
0: that. Yeah, and why the and then it was why the banks are circumventing asset protection measures. Very timely, very newsworthy. Direct catch. We had the best results on that that we've had. We had a forty over forty percent open on that email. So that's based on headline only. The headline is critical, and the image that goes with it. Pick your style. You don't have to be out there. But pick a style and then consistently keep communicating through that style. So looking at cognitive recall, which is something that keeps me awake at night is how can I get these messages into people's heads and try and get them to stick. Words and images. Images, as human beings, we are visual creatures. We will always remember images and recall images. But where we add some words to the image so that combination of the two can deliver even greater recall. So think about what's your image style? How does that align with your brand and all the things that we've talked about? And what are those words that are just going to stick in people's heads? So something that's counterintuitive. So they might look at an image and then go, what? What are those words? It'll just jar them enough. You know, we've just run another headline about or about to about, what do we say? It's not just fries and Coke and, you know, image of a little girl chowing down on a big hamburger. What? Why am I reading something like that from a company that's in financial service and what? So that's what I want people to do. Just stop for long enough in all the clutter of stuff they're reading and seeing to go, oh, I might just give you a couple of minutes of my time. And if you give me three, I'll be really happy with that because I'll have a call to action at the end. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's sort of the top tip. So if I was to sum them up, it would be content is king, but it's got to cut through. It's got to be relevant. Add value or forget it. Find the right balance of reach and frequency. Spamming ain't cool, don't do it. Get your subject matter experts, even if it's yourself, and have a planning session with yourself. Plan, schedule and stick to it. Repurpose, reuse, recycle. Have a call to action and headlines of the honeypot. Welcome
1: back. So take your content and deliver it to many different channels. Turn your slides into a blog post, turn your blog post into a video, turn your video into an interview. In the next episode, episode 241, Melissa will talk about what to learn from the big guys and why size doesn't always matter. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.